the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I'm blessed. Oh man, I just added something to Fired Up and Excited. I am blessed. I am honored to introduce you to Matt Sassano today. He is a rock artist, but man, he is an overcomer and he is for the underdog and he has overcome odds. He has overcome cerebral palsy. He has overcome a disease that I think he's making up just for the podcast. (laughs) I've never heard this disease, but, uh, Man, you are doing great things. Let me just say uh, real quick, just even in your career, your music career that God has blessed and just talking about some of your uh, Spotify hits, In Defiance, 100,000 spins on Spotify streams, Dear God, 40,000, Fuel, 40,000, Not My Name, 10,000, many others, and you've hit number one on some charts. Um, You know, I looked at the charts and I'm seeing like, (laughs) whoa, he's ahead of them, he's ahead of Skillet, he's ahead of them, he's... It's pretty amazing. So congratulations on all your success, Matt. How are you doing today? Oh, man, feeling great. Greetings from Tennessee and uh, just ready to do this, man. I I heard about you like just recently you were put on my radar. And so I was like, you know, this looks like a worthwhile stop. And so I'm excited to share my story and kind of get to meet you for the first time, man, and all your listeners. Yeah, well, I really appreciate that. You know, the Common Bond was uh, my third interview with Zana. I hadn't interviewed Zana, who's a, a rock artist. She's amazing as well, and uh, just recently did that. And so we kind of got connected through that. I'm so glad you reached out. And what I said off air is even if you weren't a rock artist, we love to interview musical artists and creatives. But even if you weren't, I feel like you've overcome the odds um, and you've got quite a story to tell. And I feel like already we're not going to have enough time, but we're going <laughs> to talk for as as long as our time permits, just hearing your story. Now, I'm joking about you making up this disease name, but man, <laughs> tell us about your uh, your journey with cerebral palsy and this other one that I can't even pronounce. So, yeah, I guess like you would say, like my my story's really just been an underdog story from day one. Uh, when I was born, the doctors predicted that I would be dead. There was uh, definitely com- com- complications that came through my birth. Um, and, uh, you know, I just remember struggling in my younger age through school, um, feeling misplaced and all these kinds of things. Um, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy from birth, but I didn't know up until I was 19 that I had this other mystery uh, disability called um, dyscalculia, which is a place in space uh, disability. Um, because of it, it's hard to recognize patterns. I can't drive. There are all sorts of things that kind of like, you know, I didn't understand getting lost in school. Um, layouts of buildings really messed me up. And so wow. really, I walked throughout life 
um, feeling as if, you know, I was kind of misplaced wherever I went, you know, I never really fit in with uh, the normal crowd. And, but I was also very self-aware of my limitations. And so I walked throughout life in um, somewhat of a kind of an awareness that I was the underdog. And, um, you know, I was raised in church every other service we would be in church my dad was the pastor in a small uh town called Canistew New York where there's more cows than people and um I got to know a lot about the amazing things about my faith in church um and still you know fundamentally believe a lot uh you know of the bible but behind the scenes there was also another complication because I endured a lot of um abuse from the hands of my father who was the preacher oh and gosh. so oh my um, gosh yeah you talk, oh was, my gosh you talk about people that get church hurt and now you're talking about enduring abuse from your dad who is the pastor yeah there was a lot of things just swept behind the 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 scenes and i remember from an early age you know um going to church and trying to understand what was real and what was fake because you know people would be getting saved and and changed for the better. But behind the scenes, you know, from the time I was a really little kid, I would witness my mom and dad, you know, fighting each other and, you know, brutal fights going on at the house. And so really, my life became about transparency. And I wanted to kind of show a transparency that I had not seen in my childhood. And music was really the only the first thing that made me feel empowered. I got a hold of uh, this tooth and nail compilation when I was about 14, 15 years old, uh, these three, um, how old Amish are you kids. now, Matt? How old are you now? Just so, I, I'm old. I'm an old man. I'm 37. That's so. not old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was just trying to get some context. You look much younger than that. Um, so I was just trying to get some context of, you know, tooth and nail, getting that compilation and everything. So, okay. So yeah, yeah go on. All right, go on. So kind of, in the chaos of my church situation and kind of feeling misplaced, I remember uh, there was these three Amish brothers. Their name were Eddie, John, and Tom, and they kind of disassociated from the Amish lifestyle. And when they disassociated, they went the whole other way. They had the tattoos, they had the bleached hair, they had the earrings everywhere, and it just something about that just really caught my attention as kind of that feeling misplaced pastor's kid and they handed me my first tooth and nail uh record and i just remember something just changed where i just became infatuated with music and that was kind of the first inkling of like i want to do something in music but i don't know what i'm gonna do i at the time didn't do anything musically i just had a huge appreciation for it and so it's been a long road, but that was kind of the starting point of like, okay, this yeah. is this is something that really makes me feel less alone. Yeah. Okay. Back up a little bit. You know, there's, again, we could talk for days, I feel like, but back up a little bit and just talk to me about your experience as a, a kid with cer- cerebral palsy. Like, what did what was that experience really like? I mean, in feeling alone or how did kids treat you? I mean, I don't even know like what kind of cerebral palsy that you have or had. Um, because I, I can't tell anything. You just look like sure. You know, you're doing yeah, great, man. You know? It's uh I just remember going through school and stuff and I had to go like there was numerous like physical therapy sessions that I had to attend in school. Okay. 
in and out of doctor's offices trying to, I have a, a short kind of leg as well. And so I walk, walk with like this gait. And so obviously, uh, you know, kids look for anything to kind of pick on. And I was kind of a little bit of a prime target. Luckily, mm. I developed, you know, a pretty good sense of humor to kind of bar back at people. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah it was just life in and out of, um, you know, physical therapy sessions and, and occupational uh, sessions. I struggled a lot with kind of just like I said, like because of the other disability I have, dyscalculia, I would frequently get lost in school and like have to have try to find my way. Um, at one point, they had hired this uh, physical, tried to figure out what was wrong with me. They hired this guy that was like a occupational therapist or some sort of a therapist. And he would like in fifth or sixth grade, like document me in the halls. And so I was like this magnet for unwanted attention. He would wow. have me on like a, a video camera trying to figure out what my navigational issue was and why I got lost. And it wasn't until 19 years old that I was diagnosed with dyscalculia. I went to go and um, take a GED test. And it was one of the things that I ran into was I, I was like off the charts in every other subject. But when it came to the math, I would consistently fail, which um, left me kind of feeling misplaced in a lot of ways because I would see so many people that I graduated with and, and people that I uh, knew from school just surpassed me in every major milestone. And so the depression starts to set in. And uh, like I said, it was just, you know, constantly feeling like the round peg in a square hole throughout my entire life. And uh, yeah, it was crazy yeah all right so go go back to you here this tooth and nail compilation you're hanging out with these three amish kids that aren't so amish um what (laughs) happens next matt and and i want to talk more also just about it would be like you you really are an overcomer i mean you really are a miracle because yeah all people it would be so easy seeing that you know your mom and dad have this strange thing going on you've got abuse going on you've got like uh, the hypocrisy going on um and yet you're seeing god at work in the church it would just be so easy i feel like for 999 out of a thousand people to say hey god i'm out i don't want it well yeah and that's one of my one of the things that really um, resonates my song, Dear God. I don't know if you've seen yeah. the video or heard the song, but that is based on all those years where I felt kind of misplaced and abuse yeah. was going on. I used to keep a prayer journal for a number of years, just venting my frustrations to God and asking wow. like, what's your plan for my life? How am I going to get out of this? And uh, yeah, so the abuse and stuff went on for, for years and years. Finally, around 2009, um, my mom and dad just kind of, you know, got a divorce and, and kind of moved on. Um, my stepfather that I have now is kind of my tour manager and everything like that. It's kind of helped me. Yeah. He was the one that kind of like when I was going through, when my parents were going through the divorce, um, he was kind of the guy that was like, Hey man, you know, I know you've got a lot to say. There's a lot that's gone on in your life. Why don't you consider just starting a band? You do the, you you write the songs and I'll manage the band. And uh, basically that's kind of how it happened. Like I was uh, on the cusp of a huge divorce. Uh, You know, the guy that I know now that became my stepdad later in life 
encourage the band to begin. And really years later, this is kind of what we've done. I've written the songs and, and sang and he, uh, he managed the project. And so it's kind of spilled on over. But like I said, I didn't start as a singer either. Like it was my initial plan to play bass and write the songs. And what I found out was, you know, band members don't last. So there was all these people dropping out. And I went to this church one time and this lady was like, you know, telling me, uh, well, she had not known about my musical endeavors, my musical struggles. Every other week we draft a singer and they would drop out. And so she had no idea what was going on. She called me up front, never having met me, maybe one week at church. And she said, son, um, God wants to let me let me tell you something. Wow. And I kind of was like, what, what is this? And she's like, well, he wants to, God wants to use you in music. And I was all for that. I was like, yeah, man, go bring it. And yeah. it says, in order to do this, God says that he wants you to sing. And that's when my heart dropped. Right. I was like, sing, <laughs> you know? And so it was just, that was like the last thing I ever wanted to hear, yeah. but it was the best thing for me. And uh, shortly after that, my family and I relocated to Tennessee met up with a uh, acclaimed producer, Travis Wyrick, who worked with Disciple and kind of put on out my first EP. Um, it's been a journey since then. I've kind of transitioned into a solo artist and now I'm working with Josiah Prince from Disciple, but that was kind of the, the first introduction into letting me know that maybe there was a hope that I could sing and wouldn't scare anybody away. <laughs> man that's that is amazing i was just watching a sermon just on uh, a pastor i really respect and love just talking about prophecy and you know people sharing what god's put on their heart with somebody i mean it sounds like what that what god spoke through that woman to you i mean changed the course of your life is what it sounds like it was a, an amazing time and the thing was they were meeting in a in a local church in my area at the time and the funny thing was, is I just did a reunion concert. The ownership changed in the church that I grew up in. And they, the people that gave me that word, were now occupy the church that I grew up in. And we did a concert together and packed the whole house out. So it was really a weird thing because you have to think, like, I associated that church with all the struggles that I had gone through and all of the abuse that went on. And so, like, to see the person, the people that gave me the word of prophecy that, that you're going to enter this new season into your life and you're going to sing and you're going to do all these things to come back months, you know, years later and hold a concert in the church where people gathered to see me again was just like the most amazing feeling of like a new start and just like confirming what God had said. Because like I said, all the old memories from that church were like trauma and all these things that had went on. And I never thought that I would ever even re-enter that church. And to do a concert there was just like, wow. And it was a packed, like the, the parking lot was packed. We lived in the small town. So everybody would drive by. They'd be like, dude, like this place is popping. What's going on in there? And people would just wander in and, and check out the concert. Wow. That's an amazing story, Matt, man. That is really cool. The way God did bring it like full circle, um, you know, I imagine that when you were yeah. there, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, um, and I'm just, just to give you a heads up. Okay. Your video just froze for a second. I had your audio, but, um, yeah, that's amazing just to come full circle and to see God do something like that. Yeah, man, it's been, it's been amazing. And like I said, most recently I've just kind of, um, you know, 
been been blessed to have worked with uh, Josiah Prince from Disciple. And, you know, since the In Defiance EP was released, um, three consecutive number ones on the CMW charts. And just like, I don't know, every single that we've released, I've been on a streak so far. We had Not My Name, which was a song about disabilities and kind of being labeled. We had Dear God, which I explained about the journal, the prayer journal. And then now just recently Fuel, which is a thank you letter to those people that wanted to bring me down but made me stronger. That song went number uh, one as well. So every single so far has gone number one on the CMW charts. And it's kind of like, you know, a message to these underdogs that I'm living proof that somebody with no hope, that lived very insecure, that really didn't know what God's plan was and kind of, you know, like I said, would get angry at God very much so about the direction of my life and where I was going. Um, you know, and I've reached this point to where like I'm getting to tell that story. So I just want to encourage your viewers, you know, whatever darkness that you're going through today, you know, build you and, and, you know, mold you. Sometimes it's really the most inconvenient thing in your life that, um, mold you into the warrior that God wants you to be. Because, you know, when I was going through, you know, my cerebral palsy issues and being misplaced in school. Like I never wanted this for my life, but at the same time, it's the story without it. I don't know that I would have the same story or the same impact that I'm having now. So I'm just saying, um, if you're going through something today that you feel like is like an unclimbable mountain, um, you know, just continue to persevere. Man, that's that's an awesome word. I know somebody needs to hear that right now. I know many people need to hear that right now. Um, Matt, talk to me about that anger towards God. Like, how did you resolve that? How did you redirect that? Or, I mean, what was that like for you? How do you, you know, you're you're angry. How do you deal with that? There's maybe somebody today is in the same spot, but they're not quite there yet they're at that anger issue with god how did you deal with that man you know i i don't know that there was this like a a voila moment i guess i I don't know that i could sum it up that way but it was just a lot of uh, um you know for whatever reason whenever i went through all these things i knew that like I love the message of christ and i love you know what it stood for but i just didn't trust the messenger so mm. although I always trusted God, loved God, and 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 had like a twinge of anger towards God, it was more like, I guess to to put it in the best terms, it was more like learning to trust the leaders that per- portrayed him. You know what I mean? Okay. I always, I never questioned that he was real. I never questioned that, um, you know, God was real. I never questioned the message. But at the same time, like it took me a long time after we were kind of ousted from our initial church that I grew up in because of some of the things that went down. Um, It took me about two two years to find a church that I felt comfortable in. We did a lot of church hopping. We did a lot of like trying to figure out where we fit. Um, But really, I kind of just always stuck with God, despite like some of the questions that I had. And that was... um, the, the prayer journal that I mentioned in dear God was a yeah. part of that healing process and stuff. And so, yeah, it was just a really convoluted time, but like God kind of just always continued to prompt and push me in the way that he wanted me to go. 
Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good. That's, that's really great. You are a miracle, dude. You're amazing and a great example and inspiration for us. Um, just, you know, it's so easy to imagine when we're going through something like, oh, nobody has as bad as me or nobody knows what I'm going through. But what, what you've gone through um, really speaks and resonates with a lot of people. So it's awesome. Your attitude and working through it and persevering and what you're doing now. So just way to go. And thank you for that inspiration. Thank you, man. Thank you for yeah. having me on, man. It's been yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. So uh, just a little pause as we're talking to Matt Sassano um and a rock artist uh, how do you describe your music i saw it on spotify but you got to describe it for me yeah sure so it's kind of a cross between rock and edm i like yeah. a lot of the melodic uh elements in rock and also kind of an uptick in some of the cinematic elements like our, our newest single fuel i don't know for whatever reason i've just always been um drawn to like the electronic elements and like cinematic elements more more because um, as when I came out as a solo artist, I knew that I, I didn't have a full band. I was going out as just a, a, a sing like a, a single person. Yeah. And so I was like, if I have like tons of guitar driven music, this won't look as cool. But maybe if I do like cool cinematic sounds, nobody will notice I'm the only one up there. <laughs> and so and so, yeah, that was kind of the start of it where we were just kind of like, let's double down on some of the cinematic elements. And um most recently we gotten invited to some festivals i'd like to take out a, a guitar player and a drummer so i'm looking for some some guys to come in and kind of come alongside for some festivals and stuff but yeah it's kind of i guess you could it has a little bit of skillet elements it has, i don't know it's a mixed bag of all sorts of different yeah. rock and pop elements yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, man, how excited are you about these festivals that you've been invited to be a part of? Man, so stoked, man. Like I said, um, it's just been an amazing journey. Most recently, we just, I haven't broke this on any other program, but I got on um, Uprise Festival, which is going to be awesome. Uh, oh, first man. year at Uprise, and uh, just really looking forward to seeing what will happen down there, man. I've I've watched it for years. And uh, just really stoked about that. And we're trying to try to, with every festival we get, tr kind of try to plan around, um, you know, separate outreaches. So you're in PA, I might reach out to another church in PA. So we're trying to create a tour circuit for 2024. Um, 2022 and 23 were very, uh, uh, I did a lot of touring with Joe from Seven Day Slumber and, and all that kind of stuff and got to know them guys. And so it's just and they never stop. So I was constantly on tour the last two years. And now I'm kind of wow. in a place where I'm doing it on my own. And it's been awesome. We've traveled all sorts of different uh, places, like clubs, churches, um, and even like maximum security prisons. And I've heard some really amazing testimonies from the inmates there as, as well. So it's been cool to see people Man. resonate. Man, can you tell us about if one one of those testimonies comes to mind? We're talking about yeah, absolutely. Prison so, <laughs> yeah, cool. man. So I I coupled with Prison Fellowship, which is this uh you know they they take artists and they do um, uplifting types of shows for inmates. And I remember you just kind of feel when you walk into the place, you can kind of feel that heaviness and that weight, mm, you know, mm. of just kind of oppression. And yeah. so they don't allow much in there. So it's a stripped down show. It's one guy. I'm on a stage with tracks and everything. No lights. Just <laughs> dependent on me and God to hopefully make this thing good. Right. And um, 
you know, I remember one particular time, I mean, there's many testimonies, but one that really shocked me was this guy just came up with tears in his eyes and he put his arm around me. He's like, man, I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of my past. I've even killed people. I've killed so many people, but the thing Mm. that you set up there about labels and not living under your labels really like resonated with me tonight. And I just want to say that, like, I want to, you know, be a better person and get closer to God just because of what you said. And then, um, yeah, Matt, like cold blooded murderer telling you that he basically was touched by what was said up there. And I was hoping he was, cause I was like, man, this guy, if he ever came, you know what I mean? I'm like, I want to stay on this dude's good side. He was right. jacked. <laughs> and so I was just so happy. And then another person came up and said, Hey man, um, I've been involved in a lot of like witchcraft type stuff. I have all my occult books and everything like that. And because of the the show that you just did and the words that you spoke from stage, I'm going to throw my occult books out and I'm going to get myself a Bible. And so, you know, it's just been mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And to, just to picture all these people, I, I, you know, was playing not my name and I was talking about, you know, you're not the labels that people put on you that mm. I've been labeled all these things. And, mm. and, um, but you are not the labels and to see like these people that are just, you know, have had really bad past come out and they gave me a standing ovation, a lot of them with tears in their eyes. And it's just awesome to see that, I guess, to 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 know that like my pain was worth something, because Ooh. like I said, the theme of my life was like, I'll never get out of it. And when you grow up and you're kind of self-aware of your own disabilities and you're like, I can't drive, like I can't get around, I can't do these things that m- normal people kind of take for granted and then those questions start to form in your mind of like who's going to want to be with me build a life with me who's going to want to you know be with somebody who can't drive them to a date or do something and so like I went through all this my life with all these questions about like my self-worth and like where my purpose was headed and to so to see these other outcasts in this prison um you know be touched by the message of you know, you're not your labels and you can transcend whatever comes your way, you know, maybe not to the fullest extent, you still have to kind of maybe, you know, pay in some aspects for the crimes that you committed, but God can still use the situation that, you know, you're in to bring glory to him, you know, because like I said, I, you know, many people are like, man, if you had a chance, would you just zip it all away and have no disabilities and no challenges. And I, I often think like as much as I would, would hear yes, or like people would say yes or whatever, I would always just be like, you know, but it's, it's really built the story that I, that I have and the person that I am and the impact that I'm having. And so that's really the message that I've said to a lot of these people in these prisons is like too, you know, although it's not a perfect scenario, God can use, the things that you've done in the, in the situation that you're in for his, for his glory. Yeah. Wow, man. That is, that is amazing. All right. I'm going to ask you for that. Those, 
two stories were just beautiful. Um, I'm going to ask, like, when you've been out with Seventh Day Slumber and, uh, you know, on tour, just in clubs or churches or whatever, what kind of testimonies are you getting there? I know it's not may not be as dramatic as these prison testimonies, but what sort of thing uh, are you hearing from people out out on the man? Man, it's been it's been amazing. Like I remember uh, one in particular, this lady, she came and she necessarily wasn't even a believer, you know, and she just was there and wanted to, you know, enjoy the concert. And I remember I remember getting a call like about maybe a year later from this person setting up a festival. And she said, you know, I really just kind of came down to, you know, check it out. I wasn't necessarily a believer in Christ, but because of you and Seventh Day Slumber, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, I, you know, wanted to, I asked him how he wanted to use me. And so this year I'm setting up a a festival in Jackson, Ohio, uh, aimed at anti-suicide drug prevention and and all these kinds of things we had. And so I went down to Jackson, Ohio and played with seven day slumber at the festival that she created no that we way. inspired. No yeah. way. So it's just like insane. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was awesome because at that festival, we've seen so many people come forward and, you know, I talked to a lot of people about their addiction issues and things like that. And like I said, she wandered into this concert, not really knowing anything about faith and came out, changed and like just completely started a whole different festival where i'm talking to other people so it was like every i'm i'm noticing like in the theme of this interview god is bringing things full circle and it's just like it's it's amazing to see that man especially when you just you're up there doing your thing from show to show you're tired you've traveled so many different cities and you you know when seventh day slumber tours they never stop and so it's like <laughs> you're so tired and you're just like i hope there's like a benefit here you know like there is one but to see like those long-term effects after you leave is just like whoa yeah that's incredible man yeah i'm, I'm I keep hearing you reference misplaced and now we're kind of seeing you know full circle um i've got a question i like to i like to ask people just because you know we're we're talking i love i love what you said about purpose to your pain but um, I want to ask you just because so many people I feel like Christians um, deal with struggling with unforgiveness, with resentment mm. and bitterness. So um, I know, you know, you, you dealt with like anger towards God and just kind of overcame that and everything. But um, are there with whether your parents or whatever, were there times that you had to work through forgiveness Um and what, how did you do that? What's that been like? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, um, sadly to this day, my mom has been my biggest advocate. Like she was the person that kind of walked through the Valley with me and we went through a lot together. And so she still uh, is around and, you know, is one of my biggest supporters in this music thing. As far as my father, like we hadn't, we haven't talked for a number of years and, you know, he Mm -hmm. still has yet to kind of admit what he's done. Um, but at the same time, I have a song that I put out on my uh, in, Defi- in Defiance EP called Sorry is a Dirty Word. Yeah, and that song, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. So it basically is is a call to people sometimes um, to in situation where you've tried and tried again, sometimes it is better to let go and let God. You can really 
love somebody, but you can love them from a distance. You know, what I've had to learn was not to expect the apology that I deserve. You know what I mean? In some yeah. way. I mean, and sometimes exposure, not only just getting an apology, but like knowing that you may never get the apology you deserve. So there's a certain level of closure that comes with that. And so sorry is a dirty word is a song about that person in your life that you just kind of have to entrust to God and not look back. I mean, you know, there sometimes forgiveness is a process and it's not one of those things where it's like an overnight thing. But um, the, the sooner sometimes that you can gain closure and like, hey, I may never get the apology I deserve. But if this person came to me and apologized, I would absolutely forgive them, you know. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. But it took a long time um, to get there. Have you found that? um, And I I do see and hear from Christians that, you know, when when you have a right to hold on to something, I mean, you've been wronged, you've been offended. Mm -hmm. There's there's no doubt. Um, you've been sinned against. And so, you know, we have the right to hold on to that. And so some of that forgiveness is like, like you said, letting go, letting go of that right. And then I feel like what you're talking about is a struggle for some of some people, some Christians, some of us, just that, hey, that person may never come around and say, man, I just want to tell you, I messed up. I'm sorry. So can you help us? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Like, I mean, how to let go and forgive, you know, just if you know, maybe your dad will never come back to you and say, I'm sorry. So how do you forgive and bring closure to that? Um, if you've got any words of wisdom, if you don't, that's okay too. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess I, I don't know that it's like a one size fits all type of answer, but yeah. at the same time, like I know for me, this music has really bought, brought me healing. Because, mm. like I said, my next single that I'm coming out with, we'll probably get into a little bit, but it deals in issues of domestic abuse. So it's mm. it's um, definitely a, a source of of like, you know, closure for me to be able to write these things out. Um, also, like I said, I discussed in Dear God how I kept a prayer journal for so yeah. many years, just working through my entire my emotions. And And I think also, you know. Some sometimes the church has done a great job, but I feel like the church also sometimes like stigmatizes, um, you know, counseling and and things like that. So it's important to for me, I've you know gone through the counseling process. It's really important to kind of talk, whether it's a pastor, whether it's somebody out in, in you know the counseling field, just to kind of grasp this because, like I said. Um, it's not an overnight process, but I feel like the more people you align with you with the common goal mm. of like, okay, we got to let this go. This might not be, you know, a uh, overnight thing, but we're going to help you. We're going to facilitate you to, to do these things. Then I feel like people will come out with the yeah. biggest win. Oh man, that's good stuff. All right. Talk about that song. We're going to go a few minutes over. Uh, my my heart out, but uh, talk about the song you just referenced with uh, mental health issues. What song is that? So uh, Jan or February twenty third. Keep an eye out because we're releasing um, another single. Super excited about it. It's another one that I produced with Josiah Prince, yeah. and it's just really a heartfelt song. My hope is that when people hear it, um, the key element I want to push is that with transparency, you can turn um these situations around but the song is called happy family and it's all about wow the obligation 
that domestic abuse victims have to kind of portray a fake family image and kind of continue to smile and live out a reality that's not, or, you know, a part, play a part that's not consistent with their reality. And so um, that's what that song's all about. And it talks pretty blatantly about um, domestic abuse issues. And I'm hoping that people will hear it and really resonate to the point where, you know, we might have some people come forward, man, and just be honest with what's going on. Right. Wow. That, that is going to be powerful. And you said February 23rd. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's uh, February 23rd. We're going to start the uh, release of it. And then later it's going to go on radio because fuel is doing so well on radio. Yeah. They didn't want to overshadow. So good. Um, good. Yeah, man, we're super excited for that. And, and like I said, this is one of my, one of my favorite songs I've done for a while. So I'm looking forward okay. to seeing people's reaction. All right, let's close with this. Just, you know, when you talk about fuel, <laughs> excuse me, um, how do you, I, I feel like, I mean, fuel is like uh, when I think about underdogs and chip on my shoulder sort of stuff. Like, how do you use that as fuel without just using it as like bitterness or uh, I'm showing you like, you know, it seems like a fine line to walk. Yeah. So what I love to do, I mean, this might be a little bit of a longer explanation, but what I love to do, and the thing I love about music is the fact that it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Um, For what I, what I like to do is to try to write songs to where if somebody hasn't really uh, is not a believer that they might just kind of wander into the song. So um, whether you're at the gym and you, you want that to be on your workout playlist or, uh, just to kind of motivate you, then there's that. But then when we get into deeper conversations about fuel, I've written it in such a way where I base that song loosely on the scripture, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And so when you get into a deeper uh, look at the song, yeah, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of cool because I love to frame music in the way where like, if you're not necessarily a believer, um, you might just wander into it, not really knowing the intent behind it. And when you Google up an interview, you might hear me talking about no weapon formed against me and will prosper. And so that was kind of the the root scripture that I kind of used loosely yeah, to yeah, kind yeah. of bring forth this point. And uh, man, so far, it's been awesome. I've heard people say that, that like it's really helped them. And um, and even those people that just are like, hey, man, love the song. Don't necessarily believe what you believe, but it's a sick it's a gym, <laughs> it's a gym, uh, you know, workout yeah, playlist workouts. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's just really cool, and I love the diversity of which we're we're able to reach, and people that are maybe not even looking for a particular right. message run into it, and so that's what fuel is all about. And uh, yeah, man. Well, that is awesome, Matt. Um, incredible what God is doing and using you, whether in the prisons, whether in the clubs, whether in the churches, whether on Spotify, reaching people through their workout lit playlist. You know, that's just amazing. And, uh, man, we're really excited to know you and to see what God is going to do and continue to do through you. Um, I'll just give you like 30 seconds, a minute, anything you just want to say in closing before we close out this uh, podcast. Hey man, just keep on the lookout Jan- or February 23rd for happy family. And like I said, you know, transparency is key and whatever you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're dealing with, um, you know, make today a change and, and try to confide in somebody as hard as those steps are. And as hard as it can be, just continue to come forward, be honest and honesty will always render a good result in the end, man.
It's a good word, man. It's a good word, Matt. That's good stuff. All right. Hold on. Let me close out just by reminding our viewers and our listeners just, man, I love Matt, what he's talking about, his heart for God, his heart for reaching people, and what he's come through, what he's coming through is amazing. And, uh, man, it just, it just inspires me. I hope it in, has inspired you as well. And I just want to remind you that we're very bold ministries, very bold radio and podcast because we want to be very bold in our faith. And what Matt is being is very bold. I mean, I, I love it. And that comes from a place. And for me, and I think for Matt too, it comes from that love of God and realizing mm-hmm. when we do step in and walk in the light and love of Jesus Christ, that we are loved, that there is a purpose to our pain, that there is a purpose to our challenges. There is a purpose. God is in it. And uh, we talk about the Apostle Paul because he wrote the scripture that we pull very bold from. And man, he went through it. He went through troubles and persecutions and shipwrecks and people Mm -hmm. trying to kill him, all the things that he went through. And he knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be tired. Um, I mean, he, he knew. And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he knew. I mean, he had family dysfunction. I mean, he had the happy family where they thought he was crazy, where his own brothers thought he was out of his mind. I mean, they did not believe in him until the resurrection. Jesus has been through it. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows what it's like to be misplaced. He knows what it's like to be outcast. He knows what it's like. He has been there. And I Mm -hmm. love what Matt was talking about. Just there is purpose in your pain. Jesus is just the one who creates beauty out of the ugly. And look at how he is using Matt today. We're so grateful for that, Matt. We're so grateful for what Jesus has done in your life and is doing and will do. And he wants to do the same for you who are listening or watching. So the Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal. Bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.